Well, this is really exciting. Hey, my name is Chad Helmer. Uh, I help give leadership. I'm part of the staff team here at Crew, and uh, I'm I'm so excited to be here with you tonight. And as Carson mentioned, um, this is something we've been praying for. But I want to tell you, you are stepping into a room of of something really special that's happening on this campus. Um, this is not a this is not an insignificant thing that 230 people would gather together. <clears throat> Uh, to hear the scriptures, uh, to worship God. And I realize that some of you here, you might just be walking in the door, you got roped in, or maybe you heard some music, or maybe a friend drug you here, and you're not quite sure what you got into. But what I want to tell you tonight is, one, we are so glad that you're here, that we have no expectations of you, and we want you to know this is a place that you can walk in and be yourself. We don't expect you to be somebody that you're not. And the other thing I want you to know is that God is on the move on this campus and in this community. And we're experiencing something really special. Not just tonight, not just because of the number of people that are here, but because of what God has been doing year after year after year through uh, this community for 50 years here at Ohio University. And this year we're celebrating Crew's 50th anniversary at Ohio University. And let me tell you, it's been 50 years of students on this campus hearing about Jesus, growing in their faith, and telling others about him. And it's an amazing thing to be a part of. And so we're so excited that you're here tonight. And I just want to say, too, that um, we're not a perfect community. We're not. When you walk in this room, you're walking into a room, a a community of people who are not perfect, people who have problems, who have made mistakes uh, just as much as anybody else, maybe even more than most other people. But the reality is we're a community of people who have decided to follow Jesus because we haven't found a better way to live life. Jesus has changed our lives 180 degrees, and every week you'll hear a story like Meg's about how God has transformed our lives. We're not a perfect community, but we're one that wants to follow Jesus faithfully on this campus, and we want to invite you to be a part of this community. And so tonight, kicking off, um, just to spend a little, we're going to spend a little bit of time in the book of John, chapter 3, here in just a few moments. But before we do, here's what I want to do. I want to get you talking for a moment. I want you to imagine that you are on your way back to your dorm tonight after you get done eating a lot of ice cream and playing volleyball and doing what we're going to do here in a little bit. Um, imagine you're on your way back to your dorm and you ran in to Jesus himself. He was up at the top of Morton Hill or he was over on East Green Drive. It, yeah, okay, so... Blow your mind. You're like, wait, hold on a second. Um, But here's what I want to know. Turn to somebody sitting with you and just answer this question. If you could ask Jesus one question about himself, not about you or about your, I know you want to like, okay, who am I going to marry or what's my job going to be or whatever, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Jesus, if you could ask him a question about him, what would you ask him? It's okay if nothing comes to mind, but turn and talk about that for just a second. What would you ask him about him? Go. All right, other person share. Switch if you haven't switched yet. Other person share. 
All right, all right. Let me pull us back together. I've got you, got you thinking a little bit. Um, we're short on time. Otherwise, I'd ask to hear what some of those questions are. I bet there are some funny ones. I bet there are some really intriguing ones. Um, but here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to look just briefly, just briefly, at a passage of Scripture where it's a story about a man who sneaks out at night so that his friends won't know, and he goes to meet Jesus to ask him, and I'll say he doesn't quite ask him a question, but he goes to Jesus with questions about Jesus, okay? He's got some questions rattling around in his head, and he wants to talk to Jesus about Jesus. So this is the story about a man named Nicodemus, and I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John chapter 3. We'll have it up on the screen if you have the Bible on your phone. That's great. But I'd encourage you, bring a Bible to 180. We've got boxes and boxes of them, so you can grab one before you leave if you don't have a physical Bible. But we're going to be in the Gospel of John chapter 3, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John chapter 3. And this this is a story about a man named Nicodemus. I might just call him Nick. (laughs) That's easier. Um, But he had heard about Jesus. Here's the thing. He'd heard about Jesus. He'd seen headlines about Jesus in his news feed. He heard a lot of rumors, okay? And he'd heard some good things about Jesus, but he'd also heard some pretty disturbing things about him. He kind of had a mixed picture of what Jesus was like, okay? And so as we look at this story right out of the Gospel of John, chapter 3, here's what what I want you to see is there are two life-changing surprises that hit us when we look at the story of Nick talking to Jesus, okay? So, um, I've got it here on the screen. Let me just read John chapter 3, right here, beginning in verse 1. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the ruling council. He's, He's a big deal. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs that you are doing if God were not with him. So here's the deal. He sneaks out in the middle of the night. He goes to talk to Jesus because he's got a particular picture of who Jesus is, just like all of us do. But for him, it's a mixed one at best, some good, some bad. He's been watching Jesus. He's been listening to the rumors. He knows that Jesus has done some pretty incredible things as he's walked around Galilee, okay? And the author, John, doesn't tell us what Nicodemus knows, but it's safe to assume that he's heard comments, at least, about the things that Jesus has done. He's turned water into wine at a wedding. He's healed people of sickness. He's even raised people from the dead. He's overpowered demons, and he's done all these things, and Nicodemus knows about it. And, but he's also got some assumptions about Jesus, because he's heard some pretty bad things, too. You see, because he's a Pharisee, The Pharisees, if you're unfamiliar, are not big fans of Jesus. (laughs) They feel threatened by him. Um, They're kind of this ruling class of people, the ruling party. They've got a lot of power. And it seems like every time they have an encounter with Jesus, he makes them look pretty bad. (laughs) Um, He lets them know that they're wrong about some things. And so Nicodemus isn't real fond of that. His friends aren't real fond of that. So again, Nicodemus is confused. He's got a mixed picture, and he thinks that Jesus must be sent from God. How else could he do these miraculous things? But he's not sure what to think about him, okay? Now, here's why it matters. Because I think you and I often can develop a pretty mixed view of who Jesus is. Some good, some bad. Often, some of the worst things that we think about Jesus come from the people who claim to follow him, right? They claim to follow him, but then we have certain kinds of experiences with them or with the church. And we start to think, well, maybe, 
maybe Jesus isn't who I thought he was. But the reality is, is that Jesus wants to make clear to us who he is. But if we're honest with ourselves, I think most of us go around living kind of with a sketch of who Jesus is. A couple of years ago, I was in St. Petersburg, Florida, and there's the Salvador Dali Museum, the famous, famous Spanish surrealist painter. Uh, you'd recognize some of his works. Um, but I got to see Christ of St. John of the Cross. And here's a sketch of it. Okay, maybe you've seen this painting before. But think about it for a moment. What's a sketch? It's something that's outlined roughly in pencil. It's a little bit of detail, not a lot of color, some general shapes. And of course, a sketch gives us kind of a picture. It gives us a little bit of information about what's being represented. But I want you to imagine, instead of living with a sketch, kind of just a hollowed out view of who Jesus is, imagine something packed with all the detail an artist can pack into an image. Something full of color and light and contrast that makes it feel like it's real. Something that looks more like the real thing here. Here's the reality is I think some of us are content to live with a sketch of Jesus rather than the full color, 3D, real thing. And we can be tempted to be content with that sketch. It tells us something about Jesus. Maybe, maybe you're just content with that. But what I want you to know tonight is that some things are just better in full color with all the details, okay? Sometimes we can be content with the sketch, but we don't even know that there's a full color painting. Content to have some sort of, maybe you've been content to have a sort of a secondhand knowledge of who Jesus is. Maybe, maybe you've learned from your parents, maybe uh, from friends, maybe you've heard some things about Jesus from TV. Again, maybe like Nicodemus scrolling through his newsfeed, you're like, I'm not sure what I think about this guy. Let me tell you, friends, you want the full color portrait in all the details. And the reality is, is this is week one of the fall semester. So you're at a time in your life right now that's a great opportunity to begin afresh. And to say, we're not going to be content with the sketch, with platitudes, with summaries about who Jesus is. No, I want to encourage you, much like Nicodemus, to sneak out at night on Thursdays, maybe, like tonight, uh, to sneak out on Thursdays and to meet Jesus. Sneak off on Tuesday nights to a community group or Wednesday night or Monday and get in a community group and say, I won't be content until I know who this really is. I want the full color version. The reality is, is what we want to invite you to in this community is an opportunity to get to know Jesus personally. Because life-changing surprise number one in this passage is that Jesus is far greater than we think he is. Every one of us. Jesus is far greater than, he think, than we think he is. And so I want to challenge you to be discontent with where you're at and to be eager to grow and yearn for the real thing. Second thing, I want to read on in the passage. Uh, continuing in verse 3, it says, In reply, Jesus declared, he's talking back to Nicodemus now, he says, I tell you the truth. In reply, he says, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Well, how can a man be born when he is old, Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. And then Jesus says, you should not be surprised at my saying this, that you must be born again. And then Nicodemus down in verse 9, he says, well, how can this be? Now, 
Friends, this is a very strange dialogue. <laughs> I'll admit for a long time I struggled to figure out why Jesus and Nicodemus uh, sort of uh, it felt like they sort of digressed into obstetrics for a second. Um, uh, babies and where they come from and all of this business. Um, Nicodemus uh, didn't ask a question about birth. He didn't ask any questions about where babies come from or pregnancy. It seemed quite random to me, okay? that this is where the dialogue takes us. But Jesus is one of those people. Jesus is not one of those people who doesn't listen and he just goes on to tell you what he wants you to hear. No, here's the reality about Jesus. He's actually the greatest listener there ever was. He heard in Nicodemus's comments, he heard a question beneath the statement. He heard, he heard what was going on, what he was thinking about, what he was feeling. And I want to suggest that the question beneath the service that Nicodemus was asking is, where do I go to find the good life? I, I want answers to life. I want it to be good. And where do I go to find those answers? He's looking for what Jesus calls abundant life or eternal life. And so Jesus answers the question that Nicodemus didn't even ask out loud, but Jesus knew he had. And here's what Jesus says. He says, if you want to find the good life, if you, want, if you want to experience all that life has to offer, if you want to have an incredible life both now and in the next life for eternity, what he tells Nicodemus is you have to start over. You need a fresh start. You have to be born again. And so, of course, Nicodemus is caught up in the how of this, and he's asking these strange questions, and he banters back and forth with Jesus. But Jesus finally tells Nicodemus how he can start over, how he can be born again, and, and what the good life is as God intended it to be. And so Jesus' answer to Nicodemus' question becomes the most famous passage in the entire Bible. Many of you will be familiar with it. Down in verse 16, he tells Nicodemus, For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son. He's talking about himself. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He tells Nicodemus, and this is really the second life-changing surprise, is that, is that in this passage, what Nicodemus learns is that Jesus is abundant, eternal life. Abundant life, eternal life, the good life, we could call it. That it's, as, it's life as God intended it to be. And that's what we really want. It's found by believing in and following Jesus. And of course, Jesus says, you know, uh, believing in him. But he doesn't mean believing that he exists, right? Nicodemus obviously believes that he exists because he's sitting there talking to him. No, when Jesus talks about believing in him, he talks about trusting in him, believing what he says, and following his words and that's where the good life is to be found. The kinds of things that you can't get with just a sketch. His statement is a call for Nicodemus and for anyone else who's looking for true life to follow him. And why, and why is because the good life is found in Jesus. And again, I'll tell you, you're part of a community here. You're sitting in the room with a community of people who are convinced that God knows how life was intended to be lived. And when we follow him, when we follow Jesus, life works the way God intended. It doesn't mean there aren't hard days, but he's designed it to work in a, in a particular way. It's the kind of life where every day is packed with purpose and meaning. It's the kind of life that no matter what your day is like, you can experience joy and contentment. It's the kind of life that even when difficult things happen, you have unwavering confidence and hope. 
It's the kind of life where you are a part of a loving community that genuinely cares about you and doesn't just want things from you. It's the kind of community, I mean, imagine for a second that friendships that are deep and satisfying and real because they're founded on a shared way of life. Imagine having experiences that you look back on in college that you don't have regrets for, but you look back on with joy and satisfaction because of how you spend your time in college in this community. Jesus has come to give us that kind of life. He's come to give you abundant, eternal life. And if we were to keep on reading later on, Jesus will say in the the Gospel of John, he'll say, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly and have it to the full but only if you put your trust in him and follow him. He's far greater than we think he is. He wants us to have eternal, abundant life, but that only happens by being born again and by starting over. And I'll tell you, I can't imagine a better time than the first week of fall semester 2023 to start life over with a clean slate. Just wrapping up, I want to say some of you like Nicodemus, need to begin anew. You need to place your faith and trust in Jesus. And if up to this point in your life you haven't decided to follow him, I want you to know you're missing out, and I would encourage you to make today that day. I'm convinced God has you here tonight for a reason. But maybe you're here tonight and you've decided to follow Jesus, but really you've been living with just a sketch. Maybe you've ignored the fuller picture, or maybe you didn't know there was a fuller picture and you've been missing out. I want you to know that following Jesus is better than you think it is because Jesus is greater than you think he is. And if that describes you, my suggestion tonight would be to commit to growing in your faith while you're here in college. Okay? Some of you might need to decide, tonight's the night I want to follow Jesus. Some of you might say, tonight is the night that I want to commit to growing and not just being content with the sketch. So here's what I'm going to do. 180 is not just a place for you to come and hear from God and God's word, but it's a place for you to talk to him also. So in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to take a few minutes to pray. And I've got a few things that I'd like for you to pray and talk to God about. So here are the three things. The first one is this. Have you placed your trust in Jesus and decided to follow him? And if not, you could take time right here tonight to do that and say, Jesus, I want a fresh start. I'd also want to invite you to pray and dedicate your college years to following Jesus, asking him to direct and guide these years. He knows how life works best. And you could say right now tonight, Lord, these years are yours, and I want you to be in charge of them. I want you to to lead me. And then the third question, just to wrestle with this, are you living with just a sketch of Jesus? And I want to encourage you to ask God to help you do the right things to fill in that sketch, okay? So I want to invite you to bow your heads. We're going to turn the lights down. There's going to be some music to play. And we're just going to give you a few minutes just to talk to the Lord. Three to four minutes to do that. And then I'll pray in just a moment to close us up. Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment. And that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. 
You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of the Morning.